2: This podcast is a Royfield brown production. Find others on iTunes.
3: All right. Yeah, I know. No.
4: This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. <laughs>
5: Good to have you back, Stephen. What a wonderful Dum De Dum. So, this must be Dum De Dum, the show about the reality ducky drummer Daddy Sent out on an Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I am Roy Fuel Brown, who, like Derek Fletcher, likes to trim Gene Harvey's hedge. And today I'm joined
6: by Rather Manipulated Mammy, that is Jacqueline Berto in Sanguang. This week's Dum De Dum tune is from Stephen Bowden. Thank you very much, Stephen. And on this episode, we are lucky enough to hear from quite a few first-time caller which is fabulous. David Mullins, Sue from Sussex and Charlotte, plus calls from the faithful friends, Jen, Ambush Pony Club, Benedict Hawks and Claire Asprey.
5: And if you stick around, and of course, why wouldn't you stick around all the way to the end, you're going to hear Tweet of the Week from Purple Pumpkin. And we have our social media roundup from R With A Spoon. And also, we'll be welcoming our new members to our Facebook group. And we have not one, but two reviews. One of them, whew, disparaging, it is disparaging. The other one, big thumbs up.
6: That's a surprise, Roy, Phil, because I don't know ever. I never know about the reviews. I'm worried now. I'll discover <laughs> them with our listeners. <laughs> but first, let's look at the week in Ambridge from our Sue the Queen of Tart. Yeah.
7: Hello, lovely people. It's Sue here, Queen of on the Twitters, with another week in Ambridge. Mothers know best, apparently, or at least grandmothers do. I found this week extremely hard-going, and if I was Natasha, there would have been grand matricide. Tom seems to have spent much of this week, therefore, off in fright, much keener on staying out of the way of Caitlin and getting his tractor out, rather than having to listen to Welsh lullabies. I did wonder if they were encouraging gorilla planting of leeks and daffodils, At least they could put the leeks in the veg boxes. Thank goodness Caitlin's gone over to Pat and Tony's and Natasha can start to enjoy having her babies. Tom made all the right noises about her looking beautiful and managed a daddy special rock. Tony was a proper dad to Tom and showed him the way. Good on them. Way out of character. It's good we have Brian back. Bring back Jenny darling. And he and Chris added like adults for, acted like adults for once. I can imagine them both looking a bit perturbed at all this bonhomie and mutual backslapping. Once St. Shula does the outdoor naming ceremony, perhaps they can all continue to behave like adults. Unlike Team Horribim, Chelsea is more like a five-year-old after she and Brad started working together in the orangery. I'm not sure why she still has a job after her levels of rudeness. Brad is the blue-eyed boy and human calculator just because he can add things up. If this is the standard of education in Borchester, I'd be very cross if I was a teacher to hear people being so impressed. Talking of teachers, well, defrocked teachers, Russell seems to have forgotten that he and Lily didn't pay the rent in Manchester for five months while he searched his soul and played his expensive kettle. Just the thought of him dancing to the 90s grooves. He's going to get Lily to move to Felpersham and she's going back to university, away from her mum. What's going to happen next? And finally, arsonist can now be added to George's list of crimes. How long is it to the East the Felpisham Young in- Offenders Institute? Susan should be ashamed of herself stooping to blackmail. And she should go and apologise to Jean Harvey. And I don't say that lightly for thinking the worst. Will she? Will she, echoes like. And now George can blackmail her in perpetuity. This will not end well. We'll find out more next week. maybe. We'll
5: Till That was a wonderful roundup, wasn't it, uh, uh, Jacqueline? So we've had our Sue, Queen of Tart, and her, her thoughts and feelings in the last week in Ambridge. But what say you?
6: Well, I have to say the the ridiculous blackmail story was very irritating. Didn't it irritate you? Well, here's the thing. I couldn't work out why Susan
5: and Clary were so perturbed by the fact that, that Jean Harvey potentially, or so they thought, was going to, you know, try and nobble the pizza man. What does it matter to them?
6: Well, in fact, Susan's got this special relationship with Adam because Ian got into the gossip zone with Susan, and so mm-hmm. she's kind of going back to that. It's her special relationship. So there we go. But. Just seemed so ridiculous.
5: It, it was ridiculous, but you know what though? I did say to myself, "This is old school archers," because absolutely there was, there was gossip, nonsense, and villainy. You had the trifecta. <laughs> you had the whole trifecta there. So I was like, "Well, <laughs> I, did. I'm kind of up for it. I'm kind of up for it." But
6: yeah, and in fact, I enjoyed that much more than the kind of bitching between Brad and his sister, which came later in the week, but. Uh, I much preferred the, the gossipy silliness of the post box catching fire. Oh my God. Well, <laughs> oh. then that horrible stuff. <laughs> I'm
5: not sure it caught fire as it was set fire too. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so there's a, yeah. there's a exactly. so, subtle difference. Well,
6: I, yes, uh, there is a subtle. <laughs> you're right. Thank you for correcting me, Royfield. That's very good. <laughs> <laughs> what
5: a villain he is. He's just utter wrong one. He's, he's turning out to be. And you know what? I actually quite like it.
6: Me too. I'm so glad we've got a villain back. I mean, it's it seems horrible when we've had villains like Philip Moss and Rob, mm. but to have a real villain who's just a mischievous little twat, am mm. I allowed to say that? <laughs> well,
5: you've you, you said it now. Well, he's he does have it within his bloodline because Clive Horribin was the ultimate ne'er do well, yeah. wasn't he? So,
6: he was. anyway. No, it's good.
5: Now, considering we have so many caller inners, I think yeah. we should have a and little new bit... ones as well. Yes.
6: Exactly. Hello.
5: Average
7: 3962.
5: Now, I know we've got lots of new caller inners, but let's start with a stalwart. It's our Bernadette Hawks.
3: Bernadette Hawks here. Archers, band 2015. I liked... Ambridge Pony Club's call in the last Dumpty Dum episode where she talked a lot about horse therapy it was very good and educational. Realistically well so Shula is a fairly good listener but as a, a counsellor also needs to ask questions. Did she ask Alice any questions? And But the questions aren't about nosiness they're about thought provoking for the client I checked with my vicar friend whose training, like mine, prior to going into vickering, was, was a psychotherapist. And basically, vickers don't get a lot of training in counselling or counselling skills. So, we'll see. Why are the SWs treating Tracy and Brad so badly? I get that this is probably social comment and public education, but the only way for the horror bins always seems to be down. Oliver's in a tricky position with Brad, because he could just give him the money, but we know that wouldn't worked probably very well. Whereas George would have asked for it outright. We mustn't overlook the fact that in the Tweet that the tweet long believe that Brad's being bullied by Chelsea and everyone else. Well Chelsea's bullying everyone it seems. I think we should explore sibling rivalry in depth in depth. After all, the archers is riddled with it. In
5: it. In it though. In it.
6: It's in it proper
5: exactly proper all over the Archie sibling rivalry. Mm. What what else did, did our Bernadette comment on which you'd like to, you know, flesh out in more detail, Jacqueline?
6: In fact, we had her talking about her vicar friend because I said that I assumed last week, I said, I assumed mm. vicars would be very much contra-trained to talk and listen. Yeah, but apparently I, not.
5: I, I didn't think that they were. You know, I think to be. No, you were
6: right. You were right, Royfield.
5: Well, listen, I'm not. Putting bragging rights on that, but what vicars seem to be good at is reciting in the Bible. They've got to go to like theology Thank school, like, and they've got what to, they're
6: supposed to do. Well, <laughs> they've got
5: to go. Through, well, there you go. That's primarily what they're there for. Whenever you've got a question, they can say, "Ah, oh, John chapter two verse one," type of thing. Go back to Corinthians and and read this, and the answers to most things are supposed to be in the Bible. But in terms of active care i don't i'm not surprised i don't have any training you know i think there's a big difference as i said last week's in pastoral care you're there to hold someone's hand you know and be there through a crisis as opposed to you're offering advice they're not there fundamentally to offer advice other than read this bit of the the bible it'll give you help and solace but they're not You know,
6: obviously i've had a very different experience because i've known several vicars over the many years i've lived on this earth and They have been people who've been great at counselling. I really felt that counselling for people I knew was a major part of their...
5: Obviously, if that's your experience, that's your experience, but they're not trained to. I suppose if you're out there and you're in the community and you are seeing people go through crises and sadness, etc., you can draw upon that wealth of experience to be able to 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 help people through it however yeah. they're not trained specifically for that is my point you know that's my yeah
6: point. i and i agree with that point now because mm-hmm. i in fact last week when i made the comment i did i felt that they must these people that i've met in my life must have had some training to be like that but I think there are people who go into that line of work who are just have that kind of empathy and are able to counsel mm. people without having training to do it. So there we go. Bernadette mentioned that. So. And and also, I
5: think it was really good for Bernadette to talk about Ambridge Pony Club, who is yeah. also going to be on this week's episode, talking about equine therapy and just ha- how detailed and how informed she was. And it's really good that we ha- we kind of have that feedback loop, can't we? That brilliant, um, brilliant. We Absolutely. yeah, we have great quarter winners who actually know what they're talking about. It's their, their area of expertise, and they can really weigh in on a specific storyline within the archers and then another caller in or can give them a bit of a pat on the back so benedict hawks we we salute you as always but now we should maybe move on to a brand new caller we need a, a new caller a sound maybe I'll put that in in the edit anyway here it is this is charlotte
4: <laughs> hello royfield and jacqueline it's charlotte here this is my first time calling in I really enjoy the show and I'm a patron I prompted to ring as so I'm not sure why you're getting fewer calls at present so three things. First to say I really enjoyed the Susan Clary interactions this week. They're absolutely comedy gold, especially when they're matched with a slightly door character like Adam or Helen. It's even funnier. And I was thinking how few of the actual Archer family, including the Aldridges, are funny. Probably only Kate now. Used to be Lizzie and Kenton, And the Bridge Farm Brookfield lot have always been gloomy. There are lots of other people who make me laugh, particularly Joy and Tracy. But they're not the Archers. Secondly, I live in Bath and we've had three Archers visitors over the last few weeks. Rob Titchener starred as the baddie in Murder on the Orient Express and Fallon was the German lady's maid. And then this week, Ian's been in The Tempest as Trinculo, the very drunk sailor. Maybe that's why the pizza toppings are getting so weird. And thirdly, I'm really delighted that Brad enjoys academic work, particularly maths. But I'm surprised that Freddie in particular sees excellent mental arithmetic as some sort of genius. It makes me worried for Freddie having the business sense to run Lower Loxley particularly if Lily and Russ go off to Felkersham, And that makes me worry about Lily's intelligence. Doesn't she remember last time they rented a flat, she worked and paid all around the bills and Russ sat around creative and drinking expensive coffee. I know he's got a job now in the art gallery at Lower Loxley, courtesy of Elizabeth, but still, he's not exactly great at supporting her. And does it mean she still has to work full-time at the kitchen company while she's at uni? That won't really give her great experience. Anyway, thanks very much for the show. Bye.
5: Thank you for that, Charlotte. I just remembered, Jacqueline, just for going to the meat and potatoes of Charlotte School. When she said Patreon, we have some big Patreon news, just saying. But anyway, so Charlotte, there you go. Over to you. You fill the air with intelligent talk.
6: Oh, gracious. You put me on the spot there. But I completely agree with Charlotte. It was actually quite enjoyable, but also cringeworthy, the Susan and, Char- and Clary stuff. It was kind of... Like, oh, my God, why are they doing this? It was real comedy gold, as she said. I wasn't completely comfortable about it. Were you? Did you feel it was? Well, I did feel it was
5: somewhat forced and shoehorned, but you corrected me after the week in Ambridge by saying that Susan and Adam are besties. Susan,
6: Adam and Ian.
5: Yes. So there is a connection with Susan And the pizza van, but what a load of nonsense! But it was lovely nonsense. That's the thing; it was lovely nonsense. It was.
6: It was good, good, fun holiday stuff.
5: Yeah, it was. Susan and Clary, (laughs) when they're not filling up the yoghurt pots, their tittle tattle is great. And I will completely admit, I completely forgotten that is that George is both of their grandsons. I just forgot.
6: Yeah. So when
5: he's calling one nana and one grandma, I
6: was like, "Well, of course." Yeah but he didn't he manipulate them yeah. well i feel but, like i but here's the <laughs> it, thing it was though, perfect
5: they both know that he's actually a wrong one they they both do know right? they
6: do absolutely they
5: know that he's a little bit of a villain but he is their teenage grandson and they're
6: just
5: about prepared to give him the benefit of the doubt, but they've both known their heart of hearts is is no good
6: he absolutely, but I do think that Clary was a bit more credulous than Susan. Susan was completely cynical about everything he said. Whereas actually Clary was questioning how come he knows how to pick locks? Mm.
8: Hmm, that's weird, mm. isn't it?
6: Oh, yeah. And how many locks does he pick? I would be asking, <laughs> but, but in fact, he was very good. And also in Charlotte's call, she talked about Freddie and his reaction to Brad being able to do mental arithmetic. Oh, God, I do feel sorry for Freddie. Well, I, how is he going to take that? Go here's on. the
5: thing, right? Yeah. Not only is it adding up, but percentages. I don't know if they automatically put the service charge on. Is it 12%, 12.5%, is it 10%, is it 15%, right? And and what I would say about mental arithmetic, it's one thing in the quiet of your home To go all right you know 49 plus this plus that it's another thing if you've got people glaring at you who are maybe a little bit frustrated because your machine has gone up the fritz and if you have to add things up and then you have to a remember the price of things okay you could have looked at the menu you had to add things up and then put percentages and you have people staring at you that is a certain level of pressure it is
0: Well,
6: yeah, and I agree. I mean, all kudos to coin a phrase to Brad because, in fact, I certainly couldn't do it. (laughs) I've never (laughs) been good at mental arithmetic, ever. What can you say about it? He did very, very well. But Freddie was in awe of him, and Freddie is supposed to be going forward and managing parts of Lower Loxley.
5: Well, Freddie's strength isn't intellect per se, is it? Freddie's strength. Freddie's strength is more empathy, isn't it? He's a social yeah, animal. Hence is. he's a DJ. like he, get, he gets people, knows how to relate to them, etc. You know, even down to him getting Chelsea actually, to manage Brad. And actually, Freddie's skills in terms of man management is totally coming on, and actually he can be firm, etc. So Freddie has skills meant arithmetic, on the spot. Is not one of them. And no, I think, Charlotte, true. right, we have calculators now. There are calculators. There is Excel spreadsheets. You can do all manner of clever pivot tables when it comes to figures. On your phone. Actually,
6: on your phone. Yes.
5: And even, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and even on our phone when it comes to running a business. Now, as long as you fundamentally yeah. know you're going to buy X from this person, you can sell it for Y.
6: I was just going to say, but also Charlotte mentioned Lily. Because he thinks Freddie thinks that Lily is very clever, but do we think Lily is clever? Do we need to talk about that after another call? Maybe.
9: Mm. Mm.
5: I think I think she is. Come on, she's not clever when it comes to her choices in men, though, is she?
6: Oh, absolutely. I'm glad you said that because I was a bit concerned that you were going to say, "Oh, no, no, she is fine. She she knows what she's doing."
5: <laughs> she doesn't, <laughs> anyway. But Charlotte, don't think my little pushback. About mental arithmetic means that you can't ring in again. And uh, no, thank you for don't being a patron. It was brilliant. Yeah. Yes. And fantastic. And f- that. Thank you for being a patron, Mrs. Now, the best and the easiest way for you to record a message or a plot prediction is to go to www.speakpipe.com forward slash And don't forget the T in the middle. And you will also find a link in the show notes.
6: And don't forget that we need your calls in by 6 pm on Sunday, UK time. Please keep your call to a maximum of two minutes. And bear in mind, you need to be at least 18 to take part.
5: Now, this fundamental, this ramshackle podcast is put together by you. So there's three things you can do to be a fundamental part of this whole podcast. If you haven't done so already, on whatever you are listening to dum dum on, hit the subscribe button. And if you wouldn't mind, also give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That'd be hugely appreciated. Now finally the third thing you can do is consider becoming a Patreon. Patreon is a way of tipping creators like us, and there are different levels with different rewards. So if you could just go to patreon.com, which is P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com such dum dum, we'd be chuffed to bits to have your support. Now we are going to do, and this is news to you, Jacqueline Berto. We have at eleven AM on Thursday, and it's a funny time. Everybody, I know it's a funny time. Most people will be at work. We have a recording with Charlotte Higgins, her of the Guardian fame, who does the monthly column about the archers. So if you would like to listen along to that live on Zoom and maybe ask her a question, the link will be in the show notes. I'm going to put this open to everybody, but in future, these will only be for Patreons, for people that give us their hard-earned financial support. So there's a little bit of an inducement. We're going to put it in the show notes. We'll put it on our Facebook group. If you want to DM us on Twitter, we'll also give you the link. We're not expecting a massive crowd of people because it is at 11 o'clock on Thursday this week. But if you have a spare hour and you'd like to ask Charlotte a question, you can do so. We're going to record a dum-de-dum live on Zoom. Now, before we go back to our calls, don't forget, you can also send us an email right now. Emails. We've noticed that there's been a total drop-off in the amount of emails recently, and that is because there is a problem, and it's one of those niggling ones which is intermittent with our contact us page on domedrum.com thank you to everybody who tested it for us this week jesse is going to have a look at it next week coming so in the interim if you'd like to send us a text message like to send us an email please just send an email to royfield at gmail.com r-o-i-f-i-e-l-d at gmail.com super simple it will get to us or what you can do is send us a text via whatsapp at plus four four Seven nine five seven one six seven six nine six. So send us a message on WhatsApp at plus four four seven nine five seven one six seven six nine six. If you don't want to hear the sound of your voice on the podcast, now back to caller inners, and we've done Charlotte. I think we have another new caller iner. This is Dave.
10: Hi Roy, Field, and Jacqueline. It's David from Hazel Grove here. Thank you for the Daves on Twitter. I'm a first-time caller. I just wanted to talk about the ongoing battle for survival of Tracy and her family. It's revealing some real parallels with what some of the lower-income families are experiencing or have experienced in the last couple of years and with our current economic climate in the UK. Being a worker in hospitality for my entire career, it's crazy when you recollect and reminisce over how a low-paid job can bring so much You'd be fed at work and receive your meals and drinks, receive tips that greatly adjusted your weekly income for the better. And in Tracy's situation, you'd be working on your doorstep and keeping down the travel cost. The poverty and difficulty she's experiencing is heartbreaking. Choices made between sustenance and survival. Bringing children into it and relying on them to not only for me shows how great a family dynamic they have, but also the real class divide in Umbridge. From the vegetables previously that Tom brought to the shop that weren't required, to the cheese that wasn't packaged correctly, and Ian and Adam making pizzas for the Women's Institute. Rub your eyes or clean your glasses. While your businesses may thrive, your own neighbours and friends are struggling to survive. Think of those less fortunate. Isn't that what we all should do? Surely more in Umbridge than just Oliver can see this. Saying that, the quality of the writing for the Horriban's plight. Is that true to life? Tracy would probably say no due to her pride for any handouts or charity anyway. Please keep up the good work. Thank you for that, Dave.
6: What so, a fantastic call.
5: Absolutely. The social conscience of listeners. Eh? dum listeners. Yeah,
6: there are many of our listeners that have that social cons- conscience and I, that really touched me, that call.
5: Absolutely, absolutely. One of the things that's the archers most definitely is is a snapshot of our class system. If we take George Grundy and put him to one side, you know there are no out and out villains in in this whole thing. But there are people who have different life expectations. There are people who have different life struggles, financial, emotional, etc. And we run the whole gamut of that, don't we? And and we see Tracy struggling really hard. And 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 in the last two months, she's. In part, explained her situation. She didn't try hard at school, uh, and/or she wasn't pushed. She didn't because she she didn't she, engage.
6: You can say she didn't connect. She yeah. didn't connect with school. Yeah, and which is actually repeated in her daughter, who uh, Chelsea didn't connect, and that's that's actually part of the problem with our society. Mm. Often,
5: and one thing which we do do in Britain is we put too much store by strictly by the academic path whereas let's say in germany you can have the vocational path so you don't have to just do a whole load of book learning go to uni, get your a levels then go to go to university you mm-hmm. know there are other advanced economies where it's much less about the academic and then one way if you aren't academic that you can validate your experience going through school is then to trash those people who actually are academically bright, which is exactly the dynamic you see between her and, uh, and her brother, you know, and, Brad. but anyway, yeah, yeah exactly. Brad, and then, and even Tracy, remember Tracy went for that job interview and then came up against somebody yeah. who she'd gone to school with, who had actually put her head down and mm. then was in a position potentially then to offer her a job. You know, it all goes back to education, but also our societal expectations that we place on people, children, shall we say, at the very start of their lives through school. And I think we put too much pressure on them, me personally.
6: I, I agree. Obviously, I don't have much recent experience of the British educational system, but the French educational system is very much under stress and strain, and people are children are expected to achieve certain levels. And but we do have the thing here where if a child is struggling, they can be forced to redouble, is what it's called. Yeah, mm-hmm. they redo a year. So sometimes when you hear of a child who's struggling at, say, post baccalaureate, so around about the age of eighteen or nineteen, they're struggling in their what in their chosen further education, which can be vocational, but they might be struggling anyway. And a question you often hear people say, "Well, have they doubled a year already? No. Well, then they can afford to double a year now." I find it shocking, really shocking that children are put into these little categories and then have. And that's a basic question that many people ask Have they done a, a, a redoubled a year? Have they doubled up on a year? Have they repeated a year? Oh, horrible. You don't need to know that. They're struggling mm. this year. Well, so. But I think Chelsea is very typical of many children who haven't, or, or young people, who haven't really connected. And I, I think there's a great contrast. We saw a big contrast this week between the relationship between Brad and George and Brad and Chelsea. Because George is bullying Brad and Chelsea is bullying Brad. Mm. So,
10: a- a- absolutely. You.
5: Absolutely. You know what? This has been a, a, a rather heavy kind of, dissection of, of the archers from us pair this week hasn't it normally it shits and giggles no no i know but, not, but, but in but... fact
6: it's not, it is a bit giggly as well but we haven't talked about twins we haven't talked about mothers-in-laws oh we'll get there <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah, we will get there we'll get there maybe after we hear from sue from sussex
9: hello royfield and Shacklin. this is Sue from Sussex and I am a first time caller in a row and I'm calling to say I feel really bad that I have never called before. And the truth is that I've been listening to Dumpty Dum for maybe about seven years and every week I think, yeah, next week I'm, I'm totally going to call in. It gets to the end of the week and completely forget. And next episode, listen to Dumpty Dum, think... Yeah, this week, definitely, definitely going to call in, gets to the end of the week. And yeah, I think you've got the picture. So I am a bit worried I might be kind of joining the party at about five to midnight because I I know that Royfield said he's only going to do nine episodes. So I am really hoping that behind the scenes, there's a whole new crew of hosts being prepared to join Jacqueline and keep the, as it's called, Good Ship Dumpty Dum going. So I actually haven't listened to any of the Arches episodes this week. I am calling directly after I've heard the episode of Dumpty Dum. So all I'm going to say about the show is that I'm really enjoying the new generation coming through. The saintly Brad and evil George and Chelsea is always brilliant. I want Tracy to get away from the chicken factory but I think she's going to be stuck there for a while. So bye for now.
5: Yeah so did you have a whole phalanx of uh, a dum-de-dum co-host to host this show with Going Forward Jacqueline, because I'm bowing out
6: as of today. Well, I'm on holiday from tomorrow, so I don't know what's going to (laughs) happen after that. (laughs) No, you're supposed to bounce back in and say you're going to stay with us for at least another month or two. I don't have a pile of people behind me. I know there are a pile of people behind me, but it's you that controls them. So I'm desperately hoping... I no, beg your pardon? you do. You. It's all. They're all. It's you. It's all about you. I. I much as I admire you, Royfield. People are in Dum 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 world because of you. You and Lucy. That's the only reason mm. I'm here.
5: Well, I'd like to think you're now here because you you, you want to helm the good ship Dum Dum.
6: Well, I do. I. I wouldn't want to stop now. So you know? then, I, I and Lucy I'm are dreading not the, the only I'm reasons dreading, why. I'm, I'm here. dreading that. <laughs> No, but I want it with you, or I want it with your approval, I want to carry on, but I'm Listen, just hoping that other people will carry on with us. M-
5: M- Madame Berto, you totally have my seal of approval, you can go off and, and, <laughs> and, and host all you want Mrs, for now, so it looks like you're stuck with me, but I am on the lookout for new co-hosts and as Jacqueline said, she's going to be having a holly bobs th- this summer, so there will be opportunity there will be a window for, for other people to come on grab the mic and i think one of them might even be a young person we did put out that call didn't we a few episodes ago for young yeah, people to explain well, we what instagram is to us and things like that and, and a couple of people did hold their hand up so we need to get them on we need to get them on
6: but great great another first time caller in despite the delay sue that you've been listening to dum dum like me for years and years and years but take the call in Thank
5: you. Absolutely. Lovely to hear your voice and please keep contributing. Don't think just because you've gotten once uh, you need to stop. I'll expect you on next Indeed. week. Next week's <laughs> week, Sue from Sussex. All right now, now we're going back to one of our stalwarts. It's Ambridge Pony Club.
8: Greetings, Royfield and Jacqueline. Jen here calling in. Actually out on a long walk on the Currow of Cadair. You might hear some sheep in the background there. Uh, just wanted to call in and say... Please don't stop at episode 450. I think we've reached classic dum-de-dum levels now. Loving the combination of Royfield and Jacqueline. Just perfect sparring partners for each other. Um, anyway, I think it's marvellous. Keep going, please, lads. I'm really enjoying it. I thought the Arches was very good this week as well. Very nicely observed. That difficult time after you know, children arrive and you're adjusting from being a daughter into being a mother and the difficulty that can cause between the mother daughter relationship particularly when they're both strong women poor old sausage boy <laughs> caught in the crossfire that was pretty funny and yet yeah, master stroke of passive aggressiveness tempting poor woman who's knackered and sleep deprived with a decent bed and quiet night at bridge farm sure pat and tony will finish the job a couple of days of their company and a bit of pat's soup and she'll be back home to Wales in no time so well done Sa- sausage boy tactfully handled though they're really going to to realize what they're missing when she's gone I think it's it's not easy looking after one newborn never mind two particularly when she is recovering from a surgery as well so yeah good week on the archers great dum-de-dum so bye for now.
5: To a bit yeah
6: no Sorry, not easy you, at all it, it
5: is not easy at all being a brand new parent let alone a brand new mother And then to deal with twins and then have your mom landing on your lap, who is a total blunderbuss, isn't she? She's just
6: wowzer. But, but would you, you know, I've never, I've had four children, four Mm -hmm. babies, all separately, not at the same time, thank God. But I've never had my mother-in-law. I've never had my mother in the close proximity when they've just arrived, but maybe you'd prefer your mother to your mother-in-law. But but
5: I think Natasha would probably prefer Pat than her own mother.
6: Well, I don't know. I don't think I'd want Pat. But all that soup. <laughs> <laughs> when you really want to eat, when you really want to eat, eat steak and chips. That's what babies need. Breastfed babies need steak and chips, and um, not but
5: soup. It, but it's a constant controlling advice, though, isn't it? Yeah, you know, just it was. Oh, it was. My gosh, um, and,
6: and, we've, but, and Natasha's been built up as a character that's very controlling, so to see or to hear, sorry, her mother as a completely controlling character mm. was a real, real surprise. Well, you say controlling, I say an
5: independent, a strong independent woman is what I would say. But, 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 but I hear you. I, I hear you. But also, what you want, of course, you want help, right? To do the mundane stuff. But also, you do need that space, don't you? you like the new parents need their, need that space to properly bond and to understand their children. But and also, to readjust their relationship with each other. It's a tricky time. Yeah, absolutely. It's a tricky
11: time. Yeah,
6: absolutely. It's a very difficult time. And in fact, Tom absented himself, and I'm not going to criticize Tom for that because whereas I do think he's a complete twonk, he went off and it gave the opportunity for him to have a bit of a chat with his dad. And Tony, I know you like Tony, so you must have appreciated the fact that his father encouraged him to with his parenting. But but in fact what Tom really wanted to do was sit on the sofa with Natasha and the babies and burp them and let them cry and rock them and uh, and be as tired and as miserable together as most new parents of newborns are.
5: Yeah. An important time and and they're being denied that by 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 Caitlin who is just all (laughs) encompassing. She she's a bit much a, she's, she's much. A,
6: a powerhouse, a Welsh powerhouse.
5: But I tell you, who else is a powerhouse? Though
6: powerhouse
5: of dumdy dumbness is our Claire from Clapham. She's our last caller in her this week.
11: Hi, dumdy dumb, Claire from Clapham here. I just want to say a word this week for the magnificence of how evil George is, like. He's really being set up for a lifetime of being like the evil criminal of Umbridge, isn't he? Like within the first week or so of even having a voice, he's threatening his grandma with basically sort of blackmail. I mean, he's just really quite creepy and Now I don't much like George, I'll be honest, but you know, I think this is going to sp- spawn years of spe- speculation about like how much he was affected by the complete bin fire that was his mother's uh relationships with his father and his uncle and what it's done for him. Yeah, interesting stuff. So yeah, I'm I'm just looking forward to seeing what other evil schemes George will have. I think we're I'm really excited about this as a sort of well, I say comparatively new, like this is my twentieth year. But a comparatively new listener to The Archer. Like I feel like when I'm like you know, 40 years further further in, I should be going, oh, I remember when George was a teenager and he was already evil and he's been an evil person for like, I don't know, 40 years. <laughs> I'm kind of looking forward to that because I'll be one of those people who heard it there first. And I don't get to do that very often because I'm still comparatively new. So anyway, keep up the good work. Speak to you soon. Bye.
5: Thank you for that, Claire. Before you talk about George, th- this is a slightly recurring topic in the whole eight years of dum dum but at what year what yearly mark are you no longer a new listener so Claire's saying comparatively new 20 years right so at what point you go you know I'm not a new listener anymore and I've completely taken off my water wings when it comes to the archers
6: well I think anybody's been listening regularly for a month or two or three oh stop probably... it no <laughs> no <laughs> But somebody's listening for twenty years. No, they—they're a solid. They've been following it for all that time. They know. They know generation. They've seen the birth and death of and mm. death. That's not a bad
5: market. If you've seen births and deaths, if you can like twentieth generation, you're no longer a new listener. Tw- Twenty-year um, mark. If
6: I make a comparison, Royfield, with mm. living in my village. I've been living in this area for 20, 20 odd years now. Uh-huh. And I am well and truly classified as a solid citizen of this area.
5: I thought you were going to say. Ago,
6: maybe I wouldn't have been.
5: Really? So 10 years no. and he's still a newbie in the village?
6: More relatively newbie, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. 10 years you've been able to meet your neighbors, get to know people, you don't know that much history. And then in the following 10 years, you add to, you know, who's the grandmother of and blah, blah, blah. So I think a good 20 year round, 20 year, you're a good solid zen of ambridge stroke sanguine.
5: Gotcha. Well, I I think that is now our official line. So if you haven't been listening to The Archers (laughs) for 20 years, you're still a newbie. You're still wet beyond the ears. Yeah.
6: Right. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Let's, let's mm. make a, let's make that a, a really positive thing about Dum Dum. You have to be listening for 20 years to the archers. And eight years for us? Do we have a different? No, rule? oh no, for... oh gosh, no,
5: no, 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 no completely different <laughs> rule for us. Because don't think that you've got to be listening for eight years before you can call in. Oh gosh, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh no, like,
6: definitely not, Sue.
5: <laughs> exactly, exactly. We want people calling in from the moment they've like ended the first podcast. You know, if not, for another reason than to ask questions. Why is it that this person yeah. has done that? you know how is this person related to this person da, 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 da. ring in with your questions and then we'll push them all to cosmo
6: absolutely, yeah, exactly because we've been uh, we've <laughs> been called out on our lack of ability to reply to many questions, so yeah we'll ask, we'll ask the people
5: we know. Now, Claire from Clapham, good friend of mine. I, I can't remember what she said now. You've, you've got notes. So I'm looking at you, looking at I your have, extensive indeed. notes. When you write your notes, is it in shorthand?
6: <laughs> is it short, Pittman shorthand? No, it's in or do you write... my shorthand. It's oh, my okay. shorthand. Do you want me to show you? Look. Uh,
5: well, well. I, I, I'm looking, everybody. <laughs> Look, you've got beautiful handwriting. Anyway, you tell us your, your notes that you've got from Claire from Clapham's call.
6: So Claire started off by talking about the fantastic script writing and the portrayal mm-hmm. of Evil George. And I completely agree with her. We're, he's definitely been set up as a lifetime as a baddie. About time. Yeah.
5: Proper yeah, dark Vader-like. <laughs> <laughs> so we can twirl it.
6: Uh, yes, indeed.
5: <laughs> do you think we always need a baddie? I've got a sneaky feeling that we actually do, you know that it's not just that within a, a given plot line there is a protagonist and an antagonist. And one of the mm. genius things about the Alice storyline with Chris is you could see it from, from both sides. You could completely, in, in terms of that divorce, you could see, completely see it from both yeah. sides. But when I think of the glory days of Ambridge, it does involve a Matt Crawford, someone who you just got. I don't like this person. Clive Horrobin,
6: but the, but but yes, because it reflects real life. I know it's a docudrama, as you say, but it's but in real life there aren't everybody isn't a nice person. You know, you've got people all around you that there are a few that you think. Oh, Wait a minute,
5: uh, who, Who's the villain in Sanguen? Go on, out them. Uh,
6: I can't. I no, I can't possibly say because I've talked Pascal, so much about Philippe and. Philippe, Pascal, oh no, there are, I know, no, 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 there are Pascals and Philippes here, we can't talk about that, Frederick. we don't have a Frédéric anymore, <laughs> no, right. in fact, why, because uh, he's this...
5: in prison, is he now, he's being carted <laughs> off by the gendarmes,
6: I'll tell you what, I could tell you so many tales about Please. life in Sanguine. Listen. <laughs> nobody would be interested, one day, over coffee, i absolutely,
5: I'm, Utterly <laughs> interested. By the way, w- when, you,
6: when are you coming
5: over again?
6: In September. I arrive on the 31st of August and I'm here until the 8th of September. I'm there until the 8th of September. So that's right, when I'm good here. good
5: people. If you I'm want there. to hear about the villains of Sanguine, you need to buy <laughs> Jacqueline a coffee and a croissant and she will yes. give, you, give you the skinny and all the badness and the dodginess that goes on in Brittany.
6: Indeed. In fact, I did look on tractor, and there are a couple of people in Hull, and I think mm-hmm. Lillian McCarthy's not very far away in North Lincolnshire. But, in fact, I've really only got a day because my sister's now organised my time. So I haven't what's got much you, time your when I'm sister's there, name? sadly. Caitlin? Caitlin?
5: Christine. Pachant.
6: Christine. Oh, right. No, she's my baby <laughs> sister. This This visit is a bit of a special visit because not only is it for my nephew's wedding, but also... It marks twenty odd years since my farm family never spoke to me for various reasons and I mm. this is my re meeting up with them, so it's quite quite a special oh. emotional visit. So I don't know whether I'll be Absolutely I think I need to meet Dum dummers to have coffee to keep me get me through it. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Now, before we go on, just to start to wind down this show, Brian's back. That was lovely. Him and Chris. Fantastic, um, yeah. Having that rapprochement. That was lovely.
6: What else? But who's going to live in there? Chris's house? But I, that, that confused me a bit. Chris is going to rent his house out, but he's moving out. Is he going to live in that flat no, with the dangerous no, no. steps?
5: I presume he's going gonna, to gonna sort them, but. But uh, you know what? You've you put in a wrinkle in this when all I saw was niceness, which is
7: <laughs> all right. That sorry, 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 sorry and
5: Chris uh, both could appreciate the position that they both were in before, but uh, that, that actually that was not productive to Martha's well-being going forward to have that level of hostility. That's what I'm. That's what I'm all about.
6: And that was a very positive thing. Yeah.
5: It was a very positive thing. And then also we had Eddie Bean Eddie running a book on when
6: <laughs> Chris
5: and Alice were going to get back together, which I actually quite like. Again, vintage archers, stuff of nonsense. <laughs> totally. but, but utterly but, lovely. But
6: Royfield, we haven't mentioned the fact mm-hmm. that some special characters that we haven't heard of for ages were mentioned because things got burnt of theirs in the, uh, the smoking letterbox. Joy sent £30 to her granddaughter, and it was in the post box when it burned. Oh, yes. Kent, yeah, exactly. We don't know, hear a lot from Joy. We know we need our Joy back. And Kenton lost his driving license. <laughs> 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 oh, I nearly said a rude word then. <laughs> Only Kenton could do it. Here's the thing.
5: I don't want to hear any more guff nonsense about music from the 90s. I really don't, right? (laughs) I just like, please, now, come on. In terms of decades for music, and I'm not saying this because I'm an old fart, the 90s hardly stands out. It's not bad, don't get me wrong, but it doesn't stand out. So I don't hear any more stuff about the 90s. Thank you very much, please. And that's all I've got to say about the last week in Ambridge. Unless you would like to completely put a period or a full stop by having the last word, and then we can shuffle on.
6: Now, you have the last word, Royfield. Smashing. You.
5: <laughs> <laughs> right, so, so that's our caller in We don't have any email in for the reasons that we said before that there is a problem with our system. So let's just go over how you can get around that. Number one, you can send an email to royfield at gmail.com, R-O-I-F-I-E-L-D at gmail.com, and we will read that out. Or you can send us a message via WhatsApp, So that's plus four, four, seven, nine, five, seven, one, six, seven, six, nine, six. But we do have a couple of reviews from Apple iTunes this week. So this week we had two.
6: We did indeed. And the first one was entitled a very positive must listen for Archers fans from Richard Lucas, who was on the show last week. A five star review.
5: Oh, five star review says funny, compassionate and thoughtful. The show is dissected in minute detail with calls and emails from listeners and a great sense of community. If you like The Archers, this can only enhance your enjoyment. Then we had another review on Apple iTunes, which is entitled Lost Its Spark from Sassy Lad One Star.
6: I'm afraid to say this podcast has lost some of its spark. Plus, if you're big enough to have ads in your in, you are big enough. Oh, it's so badly written, I can't read I'm going to start it again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid to say this podcast has lost some of its
3: spark.
6: Plus, if you're big enough to have ads in inn, you're big enough to be able to normalise your levels. Uncomfortable to listen to on headphones. Can I apologise well, for that straight away?
5: Uh, well, no, it's it's not your fault. I think that's aimed at me. Now, uh, I you, think if, it is if, as well. <laughs> yeah, if it's lost its spark, it's lost its spark. Uh, no, we, We've kind of yeah. mentioned this before. You know, it's just, as, as one caller in a once said, it's a bit like Doctor Who, the regeneration of the doctors. You know, yeah, you know exactly. some, people, some people take to a doctor more than others. So, you know, can't help that. All we can hope, sassy lad is that, you know, we grow on you. That's all we can hope. But when it comes to the levels, FYI, I don't actually insert the ads. That comes from Acast, the platform that we sit on, and they're supposed to normalize the levels. So I think you'll find that on our bit of dum-de-dum, we're pretty consistent. I noise balance the audio. I noise cancel etc and I then physically look at the the waveform and it's all pretty much within certain bounds a cast when they dynamically insert the ads are then are supposed to make them the same level and actually I've never heard anybody say that the two levels are wildly out of cock so I think they must be doing all round a good job obviously not good enough for you really sorry if you have any hints and tips that you would like like to give us as maybe how we can help to do that, or maybe some text specs, which we can then pass on to Acast. We'll absolutely do that as well because we don't want it to be an uncomfortable listen for you on your headphones. But thank you for that. As I said, we'll read out all the reviews we get, positive or negative, and all we can do is but learn from the ones that give us one, two, three. Or even four stars because they're people who've got something to say. So that's that. Yeah, now indeed. let's go on to our Facebook group and see what they've been talking about this week. For a roundup of our goings on, we're going to head over to R with a spoon.
1: Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare insurance plans.
2: Greetings, Phil, Jacqueline, and all Dumpty Numbers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here with this week's social media roundup. A busy and historic week in the Ambridge it was, with the introduction of twin girls Sarah Nova and their Welsh maternal grandmother Caitlin. Before we go there, Sunday brought some sort of rapprochement between Russ and Freddie as they bonded over 90s music, which prompted Sarah Sillsbury to question Russ's fandom of the Blue Tones. Sarah described them as a reasonably dull band. Liz Newman agreed, noting that they played at her university ball and were fairly underwhelming. I just hope that no blue toner is a dumpty dummer. On Sunday, we also heard the continued browbeating of Brad by his older sister, Chelsea. I asked our collective community what they thought of her rudeness. Harry Clark noted that he and his sister did not exchange a civil word until their late teens, and Sevda Fahi thought they were acting like normal teenagers. But Leslie Southgate thought that Chelsea needs to learn some manners, and Leslie Daly said that she's like her mother, a good enough heart, but has not yet learned that mouthing off is not the way to go through life. Elizabeth Llewellyn added that it was very poor judgment on Freddie's part having Chelsea train her brother. Later on in the week, Brad, who we have learned is a very good student, kudos to him, demonstrated his skills at basic math, but both I and Keith Rawlings were not so impressed. Keith said, when did a simple bit of mental adding become the mark of a genius? This makes me Einstein, as I can subtract and multiply as well. Next, there were lots of comments about Granny Caitlin. Initially, they were positive. Rob Williams noted that Sunday's episode brought back so many memories of freshly cooked Welsh cakes and kutches with his own grandmother. Christopher Simon McKitty wrote that if his mum sung Welsh lullabies to him, it probably would have turned out much better. Natalie Getlorpe, citing Gavin and Stacey, also has a weakness for the Welsh accent and loved the lullabies and the rapport between Natasha and her mom. She expressed hope that the twins grow up bilingual. But by later in the week, Natasha, don't call me Tosh, was growing tired of her mother's controlling and bossy nature. And so were some dumpty-dummers, such as Kate Lyle and Jan Mitchell, who found Caitlin's behavior to be upsetting, not endearing. What about Susan and grandson George and the shenanigans they were up to? Paul Newman noted that Susan was rather casual about committing further felonies. But the real venom was aimed at George. Sarah Spillsbury summed it up with, Ooh, that George is a git, isn't he? The nasty Nick of Ambridge, boo, hiss, etc. Others were of a similar mindset. Mellie McMerryweather added her distinctive Scottish viewpoint. What a wee bleep. I think she meant to say shit or shite or maybe wanker, or as she suggested, sleek it. Had to look that one up. The week ended with Russ surprising Lillian and us with the plan for them to move to Pelpersham where she'll be attending school. Dumpty Dummers were none too pleased. Natasha Cerny said that Russ is a ligger, or as I learned the meaning, freeloader, and added, I do hope his exit is spectacular. Darcy Jorgensen responded with the question, and wish, a la Nigel, I'll let that be the last Facebook comment of the week. Talk to you soon.
5: Thank you, Mr. Spoon, and to everybody who has posted their thoughts on the Dum De Dum Facebook group this week. It is the beating heart of the Dum De Dum community. And as such, in time honored tradition, we should welcome our new members to Facebook. So this week we had
6: Jane Bryan, Bethany Gard, Lydia Jones, Steph Wilson, Amanda Keitley,
5: and Mary McMerriweather. Now, Melly, how many times have you joined? and unjoined Yeah, there must the be DMG a there Well, she's a one is our Melly But anyway, welcome back chicken Welcome back
6: Yeah, indeed And don't forget, we are on Twitter at um, Dum. Our team always uses the Archers hashtag using a capital T and A so the visually impaired can enjoy any Archers based tweets Also, that hashtag is your gateway to the hugely enjoyable tweet along. Also, try and include at Dumpty Dum in your tweet so more people get to see it, which helps to keep our community growing.
5: So if we're talking about Twitter, it must be time for Purple Pumpkin and our tweet of the week.
0: Hello Royfield, Jacqueline and Dumpty Dummers everywhere. It's Purple Pumpkin here with a selection of tweets of the week. And thanks as ever to those of you sending at Dumpty Dum your nominations of notable tweets. Please do keep them coming. First, Here are some selected highlights from my exchange of the week, which was prompted by the idea that Chelsea was tasked with showing Brad the ropes at the orangery. The exchange started with Caf Bojo the Klingon Jones at Caf Pot on Twitter, who I think used to call into Dumpty Dum under another name. She said, The image of Chelsea showing Brad the ropes behind the orangery counter has left me with a confusing image of the Orangery's catering operational arrangements. Miranda, at Apple Android app, followed up with, It's sounding like a kinky game of Cluedo. And Stephen Bowden, at Winlock House, finished things off with, Restaurant by day, bondage dungeon by night. Trent gives way to Russ. And there's more of that kind of filth on Twitter if you'd like to follow up. Next, I'd like to give an honourable mention to Ambridge Pony Club, at Jen Stephen, Jill Hodge, at Hodge Jill, and Madding Crowd, at Further From, who all posted variants of the same tweet. Who knew Tony would have the knack of putting babies to sleep as well as the rest of us? Finally, to the medal winners this week, all of which are short and sweet. In bronze position. It's a tweet from Dominic Young. At Budgie 500, for those of us of a certain age who remember the late, great Joyce Grenfell. George, don't do that. In silver, it's Being Doris, at Being Doris, about Derek Fletcher and Jean Harvey. Is Clipping Her Hedge similar to Taking Her Up Lakey Hill? And in gold, it's Ian Kernow, at Kernow 27. Am I the only one who wishes the twins were called Seren and Dippity? No, Ian, you're not alone. I can't unhear this brilliant idea. That's it for this week. See you all again soon. Thank you for that, Theo. Thank you for that.
5: That is most awesome. We're not just on Facebook and Twitter. We're also on another social media platform, Instagram. Quite simply follow us there where we are at Dum Dum. And a special big ups goes out to our social supremo on Instagram, who's doing some corking work. Some corking work indeed.
6: Thanks as ever to all our contributors and to our social media supremos, Shambridge fair voices, and to our podcasting godmother, Lucy V. Freeman. Also, many thanks to P and Q for their stunning work in the last year. And don't
5: forget, we are speaking to Charlotte Higgins at 11am on Thursday UK time this week. If you would like to have the link for that on Zoom so you can ask her a question, I might also stream it live on our YouTube page as well. The link's going to be in the show notes of this episode. It's going to be on our Facebook group. You can DM us for it on Twitter or you can send me an email royford at gmail.com and I'll also send you the link as well so it'd be really good to have a few of you there i'm not expecting as many people as a as a friday zoom session but if there is four or five that that'd be awesome there you go that's that's been your dumpty dum
6: and well, think well mm, uh, yeah i'm i i'm sorry i'm not sure that i'm going to be able to make it because i go on my holidays tomorrow I don't know where I am, where I'm going to be. I know a rough geographical area, but because we you don't, are, you don't know where travel- you're going on holiday. No, I don't. Sounds like you're exactly. going to be a hostage no, or something. Ha- yeah, it does, doesn't it? Sounds quite exciting. I'm going <laughs> off to a, you know, we've hired a camping car. Ooh! Uh, this two old people are hiring a camping van, not a car. It's a, not a big thing. It's a, kind of like a transit van with beds in it. And we're going to drive. We're driving along the coast. We're going to do a north Co- French coast drive. So we don't know where we're going to be. So which is why I don't know where I'll be next Sunday and which is why you're having another host next Sunday.
5: Goodness. Well, there you go. If you fancy hosting, dum dee dum you best email me sweet, sharp because otherwise it'll just be me droning on all by myself next week.
6: Oh, no, we don't want that. Definitely need somebody to volunteer for next Sunday. Take care, everyone. Daddy, bye.
1: Bye. Ooh. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands.